Hey there, welcome back to the Path to Zion podcast. We're rediscovering the ancient way around here. Thank you so much for tuning in today. Whether you are over at pathtozion.com or on our YouTube channel, please be engaged if you would like. Questions are always welcome here. Challenges, considerations, disagreements. We are trying to obtain unity of the faith in in enduring long alongside one another. We believe that disagreeing is vital. We have to disagree to find truth because, friend, if you say it's green and I say it's pink, one of us is wrong. It's not both. Along those lines, excuse me, today we're talking about what? How to become a man of faith. We're looking at the account of Abraham and the offering of his son Isaac, and we are at the very end, the the third part of this series um, that, man, just exploded onto the scene earlier this morning. I love it. There's no greater thing than reading the word of Elohim, and the next thing you know, oh, oh my gosh, it's been four hours, and uh, wow, this is pretty awesome. Praise the Father for his word. It's what? It's living. It's active. Something that's living and active, friend, moves. It stirs us. It changes us. It, it confronts us. It humbles us. It causes us to teshuvah, repent, turn from going the ways of the nations, and which are governed by what? Me. The ways that I want to go. We go the Father's ways, which is the crux of what we're talking about here, of why Abraham obeyed at the heart of the heart of the heart of the heart of the matter. He obeyed, I'm proposing, because he knew his Elohim's character. He knew that Yahweh would not oppose his own ways, his own law. He would not call him, Yahweh would not call him Abraham, to do something that the pagan nations did to their Elohim. He would not, just to go back and lightly dip our toe back in some of the scriptures that we did read, he would not cause him to, call him to, demand of him to defile the ground with the innocent bloodshed of his son because he knew the character of Yahweh was he did not find delight in human sacrifice. It was an abomination, which again, I will put into your court for consideration what in the world was happening with Yeshua. If you believe that Jesus was taking on the, the, the intense anger and wrath of Yahweh because somehow Yahweh delighted in literally like abusing and torturing his son, friend, you have to ask yourself, does that agree with the entirety of Yahweh's character? Okay, well, it pleased, it pleased the Father to crush him. Even that, friend, we, we have to, okay, let's, we, that would take 15 minutes. That doesn't mean probably what you've inherited it to mean, okay? If you think, if I thought for most of my life that somehow Yahweh got pleasure Pleasure now, joy, like joy, yes, this is awesome, from sitting back and watching his son be beaten and crushed and hung on an execution stake in between two thieves. We have a real misunderstanding of who the Father is. The Father. We have to ask questions. Do these things line up? with the character of Yahweh. And as I said, without any holding back in part two, I do not know my father's character enough to instantly look at a situation and know if this lines up with his law, with his way he governs his people. 
Is this my father's character? I'm learning that so much more. It's taking some time. I have to unlearn a lot of things as I'm learning his ways because so many times they don't agree. In conclusion, faith like that of Abraham, because we're asking the question, how do we become men of faith? It's established in knowing who Yahweh is and how he operates. What does he do in these situations? What does Yahweh endorse? What does he hate? What does Yahweh say is an abomination? What does he say is pleasing and acceptable? This goes all the way back to Cain and Abel, friend. The Bible is this big old cycle. Every story, every account is repeating a cyclical message to us of redundancy to get us to look to Father's ways. How did Yahweh say this needs handled? That's why the Torah matters today in 2023. We've been given a literal code of living. Not just so you live the way you're supposed to live. Because we don't know how, friend. (laughs) We don't know what's what around here. What does Yahweh say? What does he say is an abomination? If eating pork is an abomination to Yahweh, who in the world cares if I ever eat it again? Who cares? (laughs) Anyway, that's a whole other issue, right? Romans chapter 4. Let's just get back right, scramble back to the word. Shaul, Paul, addresses this, if we rightly read it and understand it. And he says this, for what does the scripture say? Okay, so, all right, even there, Paul is, there have, what, what is a lot of what Paul's writings are? Letters to the church are about circumcision, and what do we do now with the people who are coming in, whether they're coming out from Judaism or whether they're coming out from the ways of the Gentile Goyim nations and, and, and idolatry and what what do we do? That's always the challenge. That was what was always being thrown in his face. That we talked about in previous series, uh, maybe a year ago, about misunderstanding Paul and all of what do we call it? False accusations. We can link to that here. It was all trying to clear up these these confusing scenarios that people were facing. He's trying to clear all this up, right? What do we do with circumcision now, Paul? What do we do with feasts and Sabbath and, you know, all the same thing they did with Yeshua, trying to corner him? So in here in Romans chapter 4, he he starts out with what? What does the scripture say? Okay, so right there, let's pause. What's he saying, friend? There's this going on. We won't even get into Romans 1, 2, and 3, but we can't cover everything. So Romans 4, his response is, well, what does the scripture say? I don't care what you think. Don't care what I think. Okay? Again, I'm not here with a new Pauline gospel. <laughs> what does the scripture say, friend? The first place we should run to, what do the Torah and the prophets say about this matter? Because they have to agree. Abraham believed Elohim, and it was credited to him as righteousness. Okay? Belief here, if we look at this word that, that Shaul Paul used, it was absolute persuasion, wholehearted confidence and trust. In what? Okay. What? And then we have to talk about these things in this world of just feelies. You know, faith is not a substance. The word talks about it being a substance, a substance you can feel, you can touch it, you can grab it. But now, It's spirit-led faith. We need faith 
to just believe that Yahweh, or well, God, is in the room. Holy Spirit's here. Have faith. Well, that's not the same faith Abraham talked about. <laughs> it was substance. <laughs> Absolute persuasion and trust. Well, in what? That Yahweh is who he says he is as a whole. As a whole. Okay? So, so to my point, man, we can't, man, how, how, how long does this take? Romans chapter 4, I would say that Paul, out of the gate, saying, well, what does the Scripture say? He's saying, we can have our own speculations and opinions here on this side of Yeshua, in, in the venturing out into new covenant living. Yes. But what do the Scriptures say? Because that is the truth. That is where, what? The foundation that the cornerstone was set upon is the law, the Torah, and the prophets. We know as a whole, as a whole, Yahweh will not oppose his own decrees. He won't go against something he's already said. He's not changed his mind towards a matter. That's why I think, to allude to my point from five minutes ago, that's why when Yahweh created swine's flesh, which is an abomination and revelation for a future age, he didn't magic wand it and make it food. It was, it's, not, it's not that it was unclean. It was unclean food and then it became clean food. It was never food. It, didn't, it never became food. Same thing, abomination then, abomination now, abomination in Revelation. Okay? Yahweh's opinion didn't matter. Or, no, careful on that one. It didn't change. It didn't change throughout the times and epochs um, of generations, in my opinion, according to the word. <laughs> Yahweh will not transgress his own truth and his own promises. The Romans text goes on to discuss circumcision. We have to at least just talk about it since we're right here. Many jump on this to say that things such as circumcision just doesn't matter. Abraham had faith first. He had faith first that was credited to him as right. Yes, amen. We're not saying that the evidence of faith is faith. We're not saying that actions produce our salvation. Oh, yeah, that sounds like what Paul said, too. We're not talking about works unto salvation. We're talking about works because of salvation. We're talking about doing something now because we have been saved, because we have been rescued, delivered, changed, moved, darkness to light, ways of the nations, the Gentiles, into the ways of Yahweh Elohim's kingdom through the firstborn of many brethren, the Son, Yeshua, Messiah himself. Okay? So, to say that things like circumcision don't matter because Abraham had faith first. This is a half-truth. It's a half-truth. He did have faith first, yes. He believed first. But, to use our text out of Genesis 22, just like the situation with Isaac and the act to take him up the mountain, Abraham believed he had faith first. Yes, amen all day. And then his faith 
became an action. It became an evidence that he was a man of faith. Right here, right now, I'm going to say, if you are a man that your faith does not look like actions of obedience, works of righteousness that we are told in the word of Elohim and what they are, how in the world do you know you're a man of faith yourself? How does, the, how does your neighbor know you're a man of faith? How, does any, how do principalities and powers know we are people of faith if our faith, like Abraham, doesn't walk up the mountain with our son to sacrifice him unto Yahweh? Faith means nothing if it's merely internal. So yes, to this point exactly, off of the Romans 4 text, Abraham believed Elohim and it was credited to him as righteousness. And the circumcision thing, one degree over here, same thing, same principle. If you believe, this is what you do. And, and we'll use uh, offering Isaac as a, as a metaphor. There is a sign and a mark that you believe Yahweh Elohim. There's a sign that your faith is in him. You do this. It's that simple, friend. This has been so overcomplicated with this dispensational teaching and, and, and eradication of the Torah because Paul somehow promoted a new gospel and, G and Jesus brought a new gospel into, into play. That's why this gets real messy when Christians try to share their faith with any non-believing atheist agnostic. They don't have answers to these concerns and questions. They don't have answers. And what's, what do they say? Friend, you, you, you non-believer, you wouldn't understand because you're just not a man of faith. <laughs> but a man of faith, according to the word of Elohim, has evidence and fruit on the tree of his life that he is, in fact, covenantally joined to Yahweh via his faith. Okay? <laughs> We've been told that we have to choose. Faith or works, you got to choose, brother. That's, that's the gospel message of our generation. You got to choose. You can't have them both. The fact is, Abraham is the perfect example of the harmony of both. His faith was producing action, evidence on his life. Okay? His faith was proven firmly intact by what he did. Righteous deeds in response to the commands of Yahweh Elohim. Okay? Absolute conclusion. We must therefore read the wisdom of James to put a bow on all of this. This is chapter 2, verses 18 through 26. This will bring this to our conclusion. Okay? But someone will say, you have faith, and I have works. Show me your faith without works, and I will show you faith by my works. You believe that Elohim is one. You do well. The demons also believe and shudder. But do you want to know, you empty person, ouch, that faith without works is dead? Wasn't Abraham our father proved righteous by works when he offered up Isaac, his son, on the altar? Genesis 22, our meat, the meat of our text. You see that faith worked together. I just said the word harmony. In harmony, we could say, 
with his works. And by the works, his faith was made complete. Perhaps, friend, the Christian church is walking in an incomplete faith. Like I said a minute ago, half true. Half true. The scripture, verse 23, James chapter 2, the scripture was fulfilled that says, And Abraham believed Elohim, and it was credited to him as righteousness. But see, the problem is, friend, we stop there. We stop there. See, he was righteous when he believed. Don't do anything. Don't do anything. Don't circumcise your children. Don't stop eating pork. Don't come out of all the ways of the nations. You can wear that. You can go do that. You're free in the spirit. Because what? You believe you're a man of faith. Uh Uh-uh. No. Half truth. Half gospel. Okay? An incomplete gospel is presented here. That's not what James is saying. He's saying the scripture was fulfilled when Abraham believed and it was credited to him as righteousness and he was called Elohim's friend. You see that a man is proved righteous by works and not by faith alone. And likewise, wasn't Rahab the prostitute also proved righteous by her works when she welcomed the messengers and sent them out another way? Oh, yeah, she did something. She didn't just close the door and pray for him in great faith. She did an action. Verse 26, For just as the body without the spirit is dead, so also faith without works is dead. What if in the, in the Christian doctrine that we've been handed, we have not at all, or at best, halfway, been like our father Abraham? What if we've been walking around possessing dead faith? We have faith. Abraham started with faith, and it was credited to him as righteousness, but he didn't stop there, friends. He did not stop there. He was proven. He was showing evidence that his faith had been what? Been made complete. Proved righteous by works. So, friend, praise be to Yahweh for this incredible account in Genesis chapter 22 about Abraham and the son whom he loved, Isaac. Abraham became a man of faith first, first, But then he moved into action that was evidence that proved he was a man of complete faith that caused him to move. And he was given to us as a father of all who would follow this pattern. So here's the question. How does a man become a man of great faith? By knowing and trusting in Yahweh's character. Who was Yahweh in Genesis? Who was, okay, who was Yahweh to Adam and Eve? Who was Yahweh to Cain and Abel? Who was, and I'm going to move fast, who was Yahweh to Abraham? 
Who was Yahweh to Isaac? Who was Yahweh to Noah? Who was Yahweh to Daniel? Who was Yahweh to King Josiah, to King Hezekiah, to the prophet Isaiah, to the prophet Jeremiah? Who was Yahweh to the prophet Micah and Joel? Friend, we've got to know who he was to know who he now is. Because that same Elohim is the exact same Elohim that he was through and to Yeshua and through the Apostle Paul and through James and through John. And they knew that, friend. They were never going to step out and disagree with the character of Yahweh Elohim that we are told is found in the Torah in the prophets. Yahweh never changes. He is trustworthy entirely. And friend, Abraham knew that. He knew Yahweh would not oppose his own character. And I would propose to you, that's why Abraham was an incredible man of faith in action made complete. So, friend, if you want to be a man of faith, if you want to be a woman of faith, if you want to train your children and your children's children to be people of faith, how do we do that? How do we do it? I would submit we get back to knowing who the Elohim of the Torah and prophets was and is because we've not been told. So chew on that, won't you? How to become a man of faith. I believe we've been given a pattern right here, right now, with Abraham offering his son Isaac. Praise Yahweh for his word. It's incredible, friends. Please meditate on this. Ask some hard questions. Ask hard questions of the Father. Run to his word and get to know him. You've been watching the Path to Zion podcast. We're rediscovering the beautiful ancient way. I've not known it, but I have fallen in love with my Elohim by peering into his word. Thank you for watching. Stay tuned for more videos. Again, we've got this unity series. Um, It's going to be probably six parts. It's coming up hopefully soon. Thank you so much for watching. Amen.